just to launch this conversation. This is our playground. They have spontaneous conversations. They don't plan this. I mean, there's actually something sort of spiritual about that. What's he do? He's a human being. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a sexist feminist. We should be friends. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of The Rob and Callie Show. Today, we are coming back to you with an episode. We took a little sabbatical. We were on hiatus. We took some time off, and we're back. Hello, Callie Alpert. <laughs> Hello, Robbie. How are you this evening? So good to see you. I'm doing all right. We, we're, we're doing this old school today <laughs> where we're doing it with an iPhone and an iPhone. Yeah, I would say we're. I, I would say um, the perfect segue is while everyone else is going back to school, we are going back to old school. Oh, I, I like, like that. You like my I segue? like that. That's good. I said it earlier, but you were too busy trying to sort out our computer problems. So we're in the studio, That's but right. we are recording on my phone because. Mercury retrograde seems to be kicking our butts. It's going out with a bang. You know what I'm saying? It's like one last day. Let's see what technical challenges we can throw your way. We were going to record an episode and then play it, and we had some computer challenges today in the studio. So, again, we've relied on Apple and iPhones to to get an episode to you all. We hope everybody had a really good summer. I had a good summer. I took some time to enjoy the summer, went swimming, played in the waves, went out to the beach. Picked it, up chicks in the ocean. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Actually, actually I, I, have a, I have a good story, though. I was, um, I was in the waves in Long Beach and um, went out there with a girl, and she wanted to go back to where we were sitting, and I was still in the water, and there are a bunch of people around me, and um, there's a bunch of little kids And we're all playing in the waves and everything. And in Long Beach, the waves are pretty good. Like, they're pretty great. And um, you can really start riding the waves, you know, ducking under, going over and all that stuff. And so at one point, there's like a little break in the waves. And this one kid goes, and he must have been like a 10-year-old kid. He goes, ah, this is the life. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like so funny because that's how I felt. So it was really great. How was your summer? It was interesting. This is a little awkward because we're passing a phone back and forth instead of being able to talk simultaneously into two separate microphones. But um, my summer was really interesting. Lots of, like, high highs and some low lows. You know, dealing with um, some aging parent health challenges, which is definitely a thing. And it's, you know, if you're lucky enough to have your parents on the planet into their older years... It becomes a culture, you know, it really is. It's like a subculture of society where you're, you and, you know, a lot of other people around you are dealing with that. So that's been the hard stuff. And then always trying to fit in the fun whenever I can. So I was just in Woodstock for a long weekend. Woodstock, New York is my home away from home. It's where my tribe is, where my people are. I always stay in these groovy little, be- you know, um, like Airbnbs and meet lots of great people and... Um, oh my gosh, nature, beautiful lakes and hikes and trying to avoid, you know, snakes and bears and coyotes. It sounds very um, intrepid, but it's true. Like as you hike into the woods and you see all these signs where there's disclaimers about all the creatures that you might have to encounter, that kind of takes away from my little hiking, you know, grooviness a little. Um you know, good food, interesting um, architecture, very, very colorful characters. Try to think of what else. 
you know, um, like watering halls that you can just find naturally, you know, beautiful scenic overlooks, um, a great Tibetan um, um, Buddhist monastery in Woodstock that I go to every day that I'm up there to meditate. Um, and depending on where you are and uh, what time of day it is, it's very free and everybody can just walk in and use the facility and just sit and do what you need to do. But often you encounter either classes or traditional Buddhist ceremonies that are going on where, you know, the lamas are chanting and the drums and the horns. And um, so it's always a powerful experience. Um, cool. And, yeah, just a lot of, you know, try. I, I think that when, I don't know, I'm very keenly aware these days not that I've I have always been a fun seeker, always, and a little bit of a you know hedonist. I'm always sort of a pleasure seeker. That it becomes keenly more important to focus on joy when you're feeling challenged with difficult stuff around you. Right. So I've had like a real juggle between that duality now for a few months. So it's been that's the honest answer. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. All right. Phone back to you, Rob. All right. I can hold it also for you. You know, that, I can hold it for both of us. That's right. You need to, yeah. you need to be in control. I, yeah, you know me. Okay. So anyway, so um, <laughs> Who are you talking it to? just, it feels silly. Someone <laughs> holding a phone in front of your face. You're like, no, let me hold the phone. So um, anyway, who am I talking to? I'm talking to my co-host, Callie Alpert. This is actually the most eye contact we've had. Like we're forced to, t- because there's no Facebook Live right now. We're not separated by the like, right. microphones. Or that's right. We're just in closer proximity. Well, I know you get enamored with yourself on Facebook Live <laughs> yeah. and you just want to keep looking yeah. at the screen. Yes, so. I do. Um, so yeah, so, I, you know, I guess this is a good way to sort of end the summer. And it's been a little bit of a crazy summer. We had that eclipse, which was incredible. Yes. Oh, yeah, I need to talk Incredible. About that. Yeah, I, I went down to, um, I live right by Riverside Park and um, on Riverside Drive, right by in the Hudson there. I went down there for the eclipse. And there's a pier there and there's like a grass area. A bunch of people were sitting there. And um, guy had extra glasses. He had a whole bunch. He was giving out some. And I just laid there and watched the eclipse. And it was the most orange, orange I've ever seen in my life. It was incredible. And um, it was just so great that the whole planet stopped to watch that at one moment. You know, one time everyone stopped. They forgot about politics. They forgot about cultural differences. They forgot about racism. They forgot about internal problems, emotional problems, relationship problems, job problems, whatever challenges people have been going through, they forgot about it and everyone stopped to watch that eclipse. It was incredible. And I just loved everyone's reaction because I let people borrow my glasses afterwards and they were like, no matter what age they were, from little kid to older person, they were like, wow. It was a, it was just such a great eclipse. Did yeah. you you saw it, right? Well, no, I was um here give me the phone. <laughs> the phone back to you. <laughs> this is like Back to you, Callie. <laughs> now we're kind of Back to you on the other side of the studio. <laughs> we 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 actually now we have to talk more on command. It's a little less fluid because, you know, okay, and now it shall be your turn and the phone shall be in your hand. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this also kind of harkens back to maybe this is just keeping us humble because this is actually more low rent on some level than when we first started. And at least we used my laptop and we had a microphone, but we That's weren't right, pre- prepared we, for that. Today. Well, we had like a cheap $20 mic from Best Buy. Now we're right. just, you know, using iPhones, which actually probably is a better mic. It but probably anyway. is, even though it's an old phone, but yeah. okay. Um, when I, for the eclipse, I was actually having a, an energy healing session by this 
guy that was referred to me, um, actually from Priya, who's one of our hosts on um, on another show here on TalkRadio.nyc. And um, so thank you, shout out to Priya. And, um, you know, I kind of surveyed a lot of people because I knew around my birthday, because I did have a birthday um, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, um, and I give myself some, like, sort of spiritual gifts or experiences around my birthday. So I went to your favorite astrologer, and Orderly, and got a reading, which was really interesting, and she was a really cool, interesting lady. Mm-hmm. And then I went to this guy um, in, uh, out in Long Island, um, Daniel Ackner, who is like central casting, if you think about somebody who is a healer, and the house that he lives in, because it's like this old Victorian house, and it's done up almost like if you were going to create a set, this is what it would look like, although he's the real deal. And it was, he was... When I called him to make an appointment, and I had been trying to get a hold of him for weeks unsuccessfully, um, so I kind of had let it go, um, he uh, finally got back to me, and it was a few days before the eclipse, and as we're talking just generally about the eclipse on our phone call, um, and I just wanted to get a little more information, because I knew it was very powerful, auspicious, and around my birthday, and during a Mercury retrograde and a very rare one that I really wanted to pay attention to the symbolism of it. And then he said spontaneously, why don't you come for your healing during the eclipse? So I was literally, while everybody else was testing out their glasses, in his, um, you know, on his table getting a, a very um, deep energy treatment, which I've still, thank God, happy to say, am feeling the um, positive effects of all this time later and hope it, hope it lasts for a lifetime. You know, yeah. I was digging deep, trying to get, trying to undo some deep stuff, yeah. and um, so that's where I was for the eclipse. And I love this, you know, I just kind of love the symbolism of that. So, yeah. and then I had glasses that my friend was kind enough to give me that I lost and found the day after. So, even when I was outside, I didn't have the opportunity to look. But oh. yeah, so well, at least you got. <laughs> at least, and now back to Rob. Um, at least you got. Um, the healing energy, which is great. And then you somehow connected with the eclipse. Um, I just want to remind everybody, because, you know, during doing this show today, I was really trying to work out some technical stuff so we could record properly. And so I found at the beginning of the show, I was still so hyped up, like I'm calming down as we keep recording. So I just want to remind whoever is listening to take a deep breath and just ground yourself. Take a deep breath and just calm down. If you feel like maybe you need to calm down a little, because I just did that myself. Uh, so, um, and actually, to that point, one thing before we get into our topic, because I think you were just about to do that. Uh, were you? Okay. Maybe. Oh, maybe. All right. maybe not. Um, you know, that was one of the things that happened at the beginning of my astrology session uh, with Anne Orderly is just in the building that she um, do, lives in and does her um, her uh, sessions in New York City. The elevators are just a, a tad confusing. There's different wings of the building, and so anyway, I got slightly confused, and it took me a minute to get up there. It was not a big deal, but it came up in part of our reading when she said to me remember when you went to the wrong elevator and you went to the this hallway and you didn't know where my apartment was those are the moments when the magic happens like to your point just now when you think something's not going right or when you're getting frustrated about something not going easily those are the moments to open up your eyes and pay attention oh why am i here maybe why did i struggle 
you know, or Rob was working hard to try to get us up and running um, technically this morning, or, you know, why did I have to go down this hallway instead? Those are the moments where a lot of the magic happens. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. And I actually sounded like an audio engineer this morning. I was impressed with well, myself. don't overdo it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, you are. I was impressed too. I was, yeah, I was really impressed with myself. Anyway, we're going to take a break, and we will be right back. And welcome back to the Robin Callie Show here on talkradio.nyc. We're laughing because we are rocking it old school in honor of going back to school. That, I'm just using that as justification. I love that. It's not intentional. Um, but we've, we're having technical difficulties at the studio, and so we are actually um, pre recording this on my phone. Shout out to Apple. Never thought I'd say that, but yes, just being the techie that I am. Um, so, our topic today is one that's kind of been in the hopper for a long time. It's been a big topic with you and I over the years, privately, in our conversations and our personal growth. It's sort of been in our back pocket as a um, topic that we want to talk to. Um, And uh, it's the topic of selling yourself short or putting yourself on the sales rack. And the reason that it came up, at least for me, uh, well, the first time I ever heard the expression was out of your mouth a bunch of years ago when I was talking about a relationship that I was in that was not going in in a nice, smooth, healthy direction, uh, much to my chagrin. And, you know, you started giving me the don't put yourself on the sales rack speech. And I thought that that was such a, it wasn't a speech. It was just a, it was, it was therapy. It was your, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, and just to click, just all right. So now Rob's back in control. All right. So anyway, so, um, I just want to tell everybody where this came from. It actually came from my life coaching album, You Are the Hero, Coaching and Affirmations. And I wrote a track, and I actually, I can't remember what track it was on, but I think, um, oh, it was something, I think it was the love track. And I said, take yourself off the sales rack. You deserve full price. Mm -hmm. And that's where it came from. But did you just, was that just something that you came up with? You just sort of channeled that one day? Yeah, no, I just wrote it for the album. Yeah. Um, give me my phone back now. <laughs> um, it means I have to now I have to come up with something to say because I'm holding the phone. Um, so uh, I really appreciated that because it's very um, palpable and it says a lot. And I think a lot, most of us as humans do it at one time or another, you know, where we really, really compromise ourselves. And so I've tried to remember that a lot, mostly like in my romantic endeavors. Um, although I'm also realizing, and we can talk about this as the show evolves, how it really comes into play in so many different aspects of our lives, you know? Um, but I think for me, it was really, and I'm not, I wish I could talk about it as if it's a past thing. I'm trying to break away from that habit of being in disequilibrium in a relationship with a man where I feel like we're not, um, there's the reciprocity or we're not equally present in the relationship or, you know, um, those, you know, it's not equal giving and loving and all that. Um, and that is my history, you know, and I've spent a lot of time and a lot of therapy and a lot of money trying to figure out, um, and understanding and working, um, undoing that, that, you know, that pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But I think it's really, um, you know, there's also a very big difference between trying to, um, to, to know it or hear that expression and really trying to do it and actuate it, you know, and trying to get in touch with what your stuff is that makes you compromise yourself, you know, in relationship, right? Yes. Would you like to say, would you like your phone, my phone back? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I mean, I think it's something that, um, over the years I've learned how not to compromise or settle and be in situations or relationships that I didn't want to be in or with people I didn't like, whether it's a friendship relationship or romantic relationship Mm -hmm. or even family sometimes where I just don't want to interact with certain people in the family. I'm like, You know, I just don't really like interacting or I I don't feel that great about myself when I'm around these people or um, whoever it may be across the board. So I've learned how to sort of raise the bar and have a a different standard for myself and raise the standard. Um, And recently, I've just been really looking at old relationships from the past and... um, going through some feelings that I've talked about on the show before and learning a lot about myself and changes that I need to make within myself to be a better person in whatever relationship it is. Um, but I remember I was in my apartment and I was having like a really sad day and all of a sudden this, I got this voice inside of me that said, we don't want almost for you. We want the most for you. Yeah, so it was like this internal message, like, because what I'd been realizing through looking back on a lot of these relationships is that some of them were almost, but not quite. And it's like, you know, that can be good for a little while, maybe, but not for the long run and not for um, especially a soulmate relationship for me where I want to make a home with a woman. So almost, but not quite was nice, but I want the most. And so I've really been focusing on that. And in just in general for this fall, that's one reason why I wanted to do this topic because I think that, you know, sometimes as spiritual people, we get caught up in the work and not really enjoying life. And sometimes, you know, we're so busy on being serious and fixing and getting things done and checking things off the list and growing and making sure we're learning the lessons, you know, boy, that sounds a lot of fun, huh? But it's like sometimes we're so busy doing that that we'll just take whatever crumbs we can get. And we don't realize, no, that's not what the universe wants for us. The universe wants us to have the whole loaf. The universe wants us to get the whole pie, you know. And I love and, all your food analogies. I know. I know. Well, it's like I'm thinking of pumpkin pie already, you know, because we're getting into the fall. Um, make sure you get whipped cream on it. So uh, anyway, uh, loves me some pumpkin pie. Oh so anyway, but it's like um, – I think that's part of the journey to for all of us to remember is to remind ourselves that just because we're doing a lot of internal work and growing and emotional stuff, it doesn't mean that we can't have the most from life. In fact, I think that's one of the results and the rewards of doing the work is you get to enjoy the fruits of your labor and the fruits of life. Um, I love all your food analogies, number one. So thank you for that. Yep. Um, you're reminding me of a total digression of some guy that I did a story on when I was working at the Dr. Oz show years ago. And then he started getting a little verbally inappropriate with me over the phone afterwards, like very suggestive. And he made like a pie reference to me and what it was to work with me and some sexual innuendo. So now every time somebody talks about liking pie, like I go back to, yeah, anyway. 
hats off to him, wherever he may be in Philadelphia. So, um, back to what you were saying. I think, um, I think it's really important to remember that, yes, the universe and abundance is our birthright. And I say that carefully. I don't mean it to sound like an entitlement, but it's sort of a human entitlement. The trick, though, is continuing to continuing to believe it and be in that vibration. I had to remind myself recently, as I periodically do when I listen to my Esther Hicks um, recordings on YouTube. Esther. Esther. We love Esther and Jerry. Um, God rest her soul. Didn't, I think, did somebody, I don't want, you know what, I'm going to back up because I, I thought maybe one of them may have passed. No, Jerry passed. Jerry right. passed. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um so, uh, but it's a good reminder. Again, if you speak that language and you want to listen to that stuff, or some people it's too far out, but it doesn't matter. I think that being in a flow or going kind of like surrendering to everything and remembering that the more open and the softer you stay in your sort of energy and the way you take on the world, the more that abundance is right there. It's just like a veil away in whatever capacity so that you don't have to live from a place of crumbs. I also know from personal experience, and this is my personal work that I'm still trying to, you know, work on very deeply, is that if you, you know, grow up with certain dynamics that are dominant, you know, if you learn a certain version of love or conditional love or you have someone in your household who is, you know, um, around whom everybody else has to sort of, you know, tippy-toe and make happy given either whatever, certain psychological disorders or... Um, uh, addictive um, issues with alcohol, drug, whatever it may be, you know, you don't learn what norm, what what a healthy, unconditional exchange of love is. Um, and there are plenty of other examples where people, most of us, I think, here on Earth, uh, learn examples of love that um, get mirrored into our relationships until we can work out and heal whatever that thing is. So that's deeply embedded in our souls and our psyches and it's fascinating how you continue to find those people until you work it out or heal it right so that's where it's hard sometimes to intellectually i can remember that crumbs are you know not enough or your wonderful analogy that you gave me recently when i was struggling with my most recent romantic prospect and you gave me the almost but not um but not quite analogy um, or the other analogy you gave me is like, it's like a golf ball where you hit the golf ball and it's right to the edge of the hole, but it hasn't quite gone in, you know? And, um, I think that it's also a juggling act because the reality is, is that relationships are hard and take work. And sometimes people have issues and ebbs and flows, and then you have to find forgiveness, give people second chances in my most recent case, third chances. And, um, but then it gets to the point where like, who's the, who's the, who's the schmo? Right? You know, if you're continuing to put yourself in the same pattern with the same person and things aren't shifting, ultimately it's on you. Right. On me, you know. So that's where I feel like we need to remember to, if you can't, at least to cut your losses, to get you closer, to continue to make the space for the full pie and the full loaf of bread and not the crumbs to come in, you know. But it's hard. It's like it's a process, psychological process. Well, and it takes some faith. You know, it takes faith on on making sure that um, that someone better is going to come along, or there'll be a better fit or a better situation, and and we have to go in this blind faith, not knowing what's ahead, and just taking steps in in the right direction. And it's like sometimes we just want to settle. We're like, fuck it, this is as good it get is this is as good as it gets. That's fine, you know. And the universe wants us to have better, 
And I think the other thing is that when it feels right, it's right, you know? And so if you're in a situation that doesn't feel right or you feel like you have to compromise, maybe it's not the right situation or relationship for you. Um, the other thing I was thinking is that um, I forget, I, I saw this on Facebook or something, or, or maybe I was looking up inspirational quotes for our page or something, but it said something like, I'd rather be lonely temporarily than in a lonely relationship for a while mm. or something like that. Yeah. And so I think about those sort of things, you know, like when, when I, I feel as though I'm dating someone or there's no chemistry there or not enough chemistry or not enough compatibility um, or I sense some emotional unavailability in the person. I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to settle and I'd rather be lonely for a little while than be in a relationship like that. Um, and I think it's important for us to make decisions like that. And we have the ability to take care of ourselves that way. I remember it was a big step forward for me in self-care to be like, I'm not going to date girls I don't like or I don't trust. Like that, that was like, <laughs> well, there that, you go. I know. Going for it. Yeah. I mean, that was like, I mean, talk about a bottom line, but it was like, that was like a step forward. Like, I don't really like her. Why am I dating with her? Why am I dating her? You know, why am I sleeping with her? You know, it's like. I don't have to do that because you're because you're charitable like that. <laughs> That's why. That's right. Well, I'm I'm being very carefully charitable <laughs> these days. So with that, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Robin Kelly Show. We are back to school and rocking it old school recording pre-recording on my phone because we've had technical difficulties here at the studio, which I'm sure will be very, very soon resolved. Um, Remember back old to- school when we were kids? And like this is back before cable and the channel would be out and they'd have technical difficulties and they would show a picture of like a broken TV and then oh. it would say... We're experiencing technical oh, yeah. technical difficulties. We'll Please be back in a moment. Yeah. And then they play this music like, burp, 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 you know, like oh. this old 70s music. Oh, no, that oh, I don't yeah. remember. No, you're dating yourself. You're old. Um, anyway, welcome back to talkradio.nyc. I like the 70s. <laughs> Me too. I'm stuck in the 70s, right. for God's sakes. You know it's By my the way, favorite decade. If, if you haven't watched it, go watch I'm Dying Up Here. Jim Carrey produced oh. it. Stand-up comedy series on uh, Showtime. It's like a a drama comedy series and it's old school takes place in 73 in LA back when stand-up comedy was really getting off the ground there it's a great show and series check it out um I will I've, I've been reading about that and seeing a lot so good good to hear yeah, Melissa I'm, Leo does a fantastic job oh I love her she's yeah. a great actor she's great I love her um so we're talking she plays this character Goldie and she's like this tough broad you know but she does a great job with that character um, so we are talking about keeping yourself, well, putting yourself or keeping yourself off of the sales rack and not compromising your self-worth in all facets of life. You know, I was reading something that came through from our dear friend, soul sister, and previous guest, Danielle Laporte, recently, who puts out these amazing self-motivational little tidbits and nuggets, um, you know, very uh, frequently via, um, on her uh, website and her um, mailing list. And she said something about how um, self-respect is a spiritual practice. In this particular posting, she was gearing it more toward women. But the point of it was is that, like what you said earlier, sometimes you're so caught up in doing the work that you forget it just doesn't feel good. Like, just make sure it feels good. It's so simple. Keep going back to who you are and what feels good. And, 
you know, right before the break, you were talking about sitting in the loneliness as opposed to subjecting yourself, not subjecting, but participating in relationships that are less than whole and abundant, you know, and um, again, that's part of the work is to sit in that loneliness, sit in the shit, as we like to say, Um, it feels horrible and it sucks and it's not fun, but it's part of create of of undoing those old wounds that keep attracting the wrong people so it's really important to sit in it or focus on it therapy or whatever you need to do because you know the more you undo the self-compromise the more room you make for the abundance to come in in whatever capacity right yeah yeah um sorry go ahead no no go ahead no and that's what i found especially in the spring and summer you know and through grieving an old relationship and really having a lot of sadness come up and um what I realized, a spiritual advisor and I were talking about it, and he said that I was really grieving neediness. Mm. Like a lot of the feelings are coming up I've had since I was a little kid, just feeling needy and, and just different things. And it's like that's where the healing was happening. And so now I've come out the other side for the most part, and I just feel different and stronger and a little more confident and also even more careful and choosy about who I want to date and feeling like not only do do I deserve the most, but I can offer the most because I'm not so needy. You know, that expression that I brought up on the show before, needy is greedy. And so it's like, I feel like I've learned how to take care of myself in a whole new way, getting through this experience. And now I'm a better partner, a better boyfriend, maybe even a better husband someday. You're a great husband to me, honey. There we you have go. the best marriage. There you go. We, you know, it's an easy one. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, and also too, and then I, I think we I, there's other topics to move on to that are you know where this um, comes into play. But you know, um, so most recently in this uh, relationship that I've had to really work to let go of, that's been lingering and on and off for many years. Um, where I think, yeah, where I was hoping something beautiful was going to come from it, and there were definitely. Um, signs of that, but ultimately that's not what happened. And um, my place in it is it really triggered me and it triggered a lot of old stuff about being rejected and being withheld from and, you know, and it brought out ugly shadow parts of me that I've had to really make peace with and that's part of it too, is really just recognizing. So it's like, you know, you're being triggered by somebody or a situation or a romance or a friend or a family member. I think it's twofold in terms of trying to create, um, to take yourself off the sales rack. One is to really just own, observe yourself and really own what's going on and try to trace it back to where that pain really comes from. And then I think the other is taking yourself, like extricating yourself from the situation. You know, my sister said to me recently, imagine if you just made all the space that you're, you know, working, talking about this person and trying to work it out and talking to me and talking to your friends and talking to your shrink. It's like, imagine if you just had this, but what would you do with all that space? Right. You know, and that was a really, um, it, it was an important thing to hear. Right. You know, because sometimes we get attached, I think, to feeling something rather than feeling nothing, even if you're feeling something is not the right feeling. Right. So, like, so that's compromising yourself um, emotionally and psychologically. Right. You know? Right, and it's in that space where we can actually feel the feelings and not distract ourselves by staying in the relationship or finding someone else too quickly or, you know, doing something else where we don't feel our feelings. And it's like we can get all the support we want in the world, and we need support, but at the same time, it's really between us and the universe. Like, that's where the healing's going to happen. And so what we try and do is take that space for ourselves, honoring our take that space for ourselves and honoring ourselves so we can heal and move on. 
I think, um, yes, absolutely. I think there's also, um, this comes in other forms as well that I'm really starting to realize are very present. Um, you know, in work, I've experienced it a lot. And it's a hard one because you need to pay the bills. And sometimes, you know, and often we don't pick who it is we work with. And, you know, I've had experiences where, like, my work was really painful, like making me sick because I was so out of resonance with this or alignment with whatever the situation was and the people and the demands and just the whole psyche of a company, you know. Um, and so you know, I guess it's more of a question I have than even an answer, but how do you, inside of that, if you are supporting a bunch of kids or you just need to pay your mortgage or jobs get harder to get in your 50s or whatever it may be, you know, how do you keep a sense of yourself um, in its entirety or almost entirety? No, in its full entirety, because we're not talking about almost anymore. Mm and still um, be there? Or do you leave and just, you know, try to stay out of the fear of finding something that makes you happier? Mm. You know? I don't know. I'm not sure how to handle that one. I'm still... I'm just going to say one more thing before yeah. I interrupt yeah. you. You not even, haven't even started to talk yet. But, you know, um, in recent years, um, since I, uh, you know, I haven't been in that job... Um, Things have been harder on paper, but way more peaceful spiritually and sort of internally. So I guess part of my own answer to my own question is, is that if you start believing and getting into a headspace of really seeing that abundant, peaceful, well-aligned work situation for yourself, it does show up. Because right now I'm happy to report it is starting to show up for me. Right. But when you're in it, what do you what do you think? What were you going to say? Well, I think it's all about the vibe. You yeah. know, we talk about it on the show, and it's like I'm going to attract what I'm feeling, the vibe I'm putting out. And so I think it's about, first of all, having the thought that it's possible because sometimes my mind's like, well, that's not possible. Right. And it's like, no, it's possible mm -hmm. to have a job that you really love and get paid doing it. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is, I think it's about being happy with everything else going on in your life. So trying to focus mm. on what you're grateful for, what's working, what's making you feel good, people in your life, things you're doing, whatever it is. You know, I went swing dancing this summer. I haven't been swing dancing in years, and it was so much fun. <laughs> and I remembered... As I answer the door. <laughs> Rob's multitasking here. At I can do a lot of different stuff. Talkradio.nyc, which is also an amazing wellness center called Double Diamond in New York City. We don't usually give a shout out to that That's or right. to Sam Leibowitz's unconscious consultant company. So That's here we right. are. Let's do that. There we go. So, um, but yeah, so I just remember during the summer to do things I enjoy and that can affect me attracting new work. You know, it's like you rub it here and it shines over there. You never wow. know what's going to happen. What's going on? Wow. What would you have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner today? I think I was just really <laughs> excited to get back on the air. <laughs> no, that was good. I didn't mean to. That was a really nice analogy. Like well, someone told me that. I didn't yeah. make it up. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's nice. That's pretty. It's a nice mm -hmm. metaphor. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, again, a lot of this comes down to trying to stay out of fear and trying to um, stay out of... Um, okay, sorry, we're, <laughs> we're checking the time we're to make sure our segment is that, okay. Right. Um, so, uh, and trying to stay out of the fear and trying to get deeper into the self-worth and trying to sort of shed the layers that make us feel like we don't deserve the right. best, right? 
So on that note, um, when we come back, we'll continue a conversation about putting ourselves on the sales rack, maybe also in the capacity of our personal relationships with family and friends. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the episode. Today, we're talking about taking yourself off the sale rack. You deserve full price. And <laughs> I uh, yeah, I think it's a good theme for the fall. You know, it's such a, a great time to reap what you've sown and harvesting and getting a lot of goodies for the autumn and the fall. And um, it's, it's a good topic for us to focus on, especially to kick off kind of our new season and uh, yeah, really appreciate everybody listening. So now you wanted to talk about something in particular as far as relationships. Well, I think um, I, I just, uh, so we're talking about, um, like you said, the kind of the crumbs versus the full loaf or the full pie or whatever. Um, and we've talked about it in the context of sort of love relationships. We talked about it in the context of work. And I think it also comes up a lot in the context of just friends and family dynamics, right? Really anybody that you have a relationship with, you know, um, it's, it's simple, you know, I'm around um, some people that are doing some pretty deep mindfulness work um, that just remind me, you know, just observe how you're feeling in the company of a person or in a situation. Really just be a conscious observer of yourself and give yourself permission to freely pay attention to how it feels. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, ask, recognize, does it serve where you want to go in your life? Does it represent your version of um, your value system? Is it how you want to feel? Is it the way you want to spend your life? Is it your definition of joy? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying everything has to feel euphoric all the time. Certainly not. That's not realistic. That's, you know, that's sort of anti to our sitting, finding that middle space of, you know, stillness um, as life kind of doles itself out to us, right? But that said, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm learning now to give myself permission, like, wait a second, this just simply doesn't feel good. Why am I continuing to do this? Why am I continuing to hang out with this person? Why am I continuing to worry too much about fixing X, Y, and Z for this person? It's harder when they're people that are very close to you or that, you know, either in your family or people where, you know, it's harder to establish boundaries and distance. But going back to like what Danielle, report, um, uh, Danielle Laporte said in that posting I referred to earlier, you know, boundary, what did she say? Kind of, because I wrote it down. It was something like um, that, um, well, it, it was something to the degree, to the degree of um, boundaries are spiritual, saying no. It doesn't mean you have to just learn every lesson and deal with the karma of it or, you know, accept that this is what's meant to be. It could just be, no, this doesn't feel good, and I'm taking myself out of this situation or this relationship, right? right. right. So I think sometimes it's really, you know, when, like you said earlier, when we're when people that, if you're on a certain spiritual path and you're always sort of doing the work or getting mired in the, you know, the lessons of it or wanting to have a bigger perspective... Um, maybe sometimes we need to ratchet it down and just simplify it. Yeah. You know, like people do. Yeah. Just, no, it doesn't yeah. feel good. It's not work. It's not serving where I want to go with my life anymore. Yeah. And it's like, I think a great, um, a great, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just a great signal of how you feel around somebody is how do you feel around someone? Like, you know, I, I'm, Barometer, like barometer. barometer. Thank you. So great barometers. How do you feel around someone? You know, and I think that's a, a good information to make use of. And and the other thing is that a lot of times in relationships, 
we find that we feel as though we have to be a certain way or we have to do this. And I think one of the things that I learned a while ago that's really helped me is when I go from can't to won't. So instead of saying, I can't be in this relationship anymore, I'm like, I won't be in this relationship anymore. Mm -hmm. And then I go from playing the victim to feeling empowered and being empowered. And that's, it's such a greater step to take because that's sort of not taking control necessarily, but empowering myself to where I can attract more of what I want in life. Because again, it's all coming from the vibe. If I come from a vibe of being a victim and lack and I'm kind of powerless, then I'm going to attract more of that. But if I come from a place of feeling empowered and I'm making decision that I won't do this anymore and I want better for myself, then I'll attract more, attract more of what I want. You're reminding me of um, two things. One is um, a woman that I I haven't seen or talked to in a bunch of years. We worked together many years ago. And when she was first, I've I've probably referenced this story before. When she was first dating the man who I think now has been her boyfriend for many years, um, you know, and she's sitting across the table on one of their first dates, she said she was consciously in her mind saying, I deserve this, I deserve this, I deserve this, because he was a nice, menschy guy. And he could, and she could sense that he was not dangerous um, the way maybe her previous boyfriends had been, you know. Um, Esther Hicks again, this recording that it's not like I listened to her twenty four seven. I just happened to have listened like a few days ago to this one particular recording. Wait, but you are wearing an Esther Hicks ah, T shirt. I even have Esther Hicks underwear on. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> that would be no, strange. I don't. <laughs> um, even Abraham would be like, "Really? That's hell? that's right. a little strange." <laughs> um, but she, you know, she talks about somebody in the audience had asked, and she was saying, "Get into the thoughts, change the thoughts again." And if you're not believing them or buying them, think about something that feels good. Something that, that made you happy or that turned you on recently. And stay in that feeling for 17 seconds and do it three to five times a day. Mm-hmm. But that can actually change your wiring where you can get into more alignment with the abundance that's you know meant to come your way. That's and right. it's hard. Like, I don't do it. Right. <laughs> you know, I have to remind myself. I try or I get it gets hard or you get, like, thick and dense because life is challenging us certain days Mm -hmm. um but i think that there's a lot of merit to it yeah you know yeah no definitely and um i think even if people are listening to our podcast and you know the recording of it if you're having a challenge in your life or what's ever going on right now stop the recording and just maybe look around the room or the subway train or you know the car wherever you are and just find something to be grateful about just change the vibration right now We'll be right back when you press play again, you know, but, um, that always seems to help me. Like just even looking at, I love, we have a window here at the studio that goes right out through one of the offices here and I can see a tree always. So whenever I'm an audio engineer for Sam's show or someone else's show or even our show, it's like, I can look at and look at the tree during the show. And I just really appreciate that tree. Like God bless whoever planted that tree. Um, I want to go back to something I talked about before where I was talking about Melissa Leo's character, Goldie, on the show, I'm dying up here, and I I said that she's a tough broad. And I said that because that's what her character would call herself. You know, Goldie's a a person from um, uh, um, the generation of um, baby, she's a baby boomer, or maybe a Depression-era baby on the show. Um, and so she grew up at a time where she sort of had to be really tough. I think her f- family came from Europe and, and during a, a rough time in the war. And um, How old was she in the 70s? 
she's, I think in the show she's like in her 40s or 50s. Oh. So, okay. yeah, she's maybe a Depression-era baby. But anyway, so going back to me calling her a tough broad, it just reminded me of something that I really want to talk about in the show today, which is, is a new passion project for me. And it's really helping women in general to not only get equal pay, but get more women elected to Congress. I think one of the, the problems with our country and one of the challenges to our country is we don't have enough representation by women in Congress and in the country in general. And I think we need more female energy, we need more feminine energy, but we also need their strength, and we also need women to have the opportunity to make decisions about their own health and their own situations, like including pay in the workplace. I still can't believe that in the year 2017, we're talking about women fighting for equal pay in the workplace, but that is the reality. You know, I'm sure a lot of people can't believe a lot of things that are going on in reality. So one of the things that I'm going to be focused on this fall, well into the new year, is I'm going to be forming a group to meet in New York City at least once a month where we talk about helping women candidates get on the ballot, get elected, um, also ways for people in general to get involved with helping women advance their own causes and, and the personal things for them. Um, you know, I'll probably start like a Facebook page or something. And I just want to get more people focused on the fact that I think we need more women involved to have the power to make decisions for themselves. And so, and so, oh, uh, and so the reason why I brought that up, sorry, the reason why I brought that up is I want to help women take themselves off the sale rack and ask for full price because women deserve as much of an opportunity as men. And I'm tired of old, sorry, now I'm on the soapbox. I'm really getting tired of old white men deciding a lot of decisions for a lot of people that aren't like them at all. You know, it's um, with our remaining um, few minutes, um, and then I think we should offer up some takeaways. But last night I was at one of my regular, you know, up the river hangouts on my um, way back from Woodstock. And... um, <clears throat> there were two women that I know a little bit that were sitting next to me, and then a bunch of these sort of like very white, middle-aged, I happen to know that they are uh, more of the conservative-leaning kind of bravado guys walk in. And I didn't hear it, but one of the women heard them say something about me and the woman that was sitting next to me in terms of, oh, there's some potential down at the end of the bar or something. I didn't hear it. The woman who heard it was very upset and offended by it and very, very, you know, uh, protective of us. So, you know, here we are in this, like, day and age where we're still dealing with that dynamic, you know, all the time. And, again, you know, to your point, I think it's great that you're starting this, um, you know, starting this mission. Um, I do think, though, that it still lies in all of us, women or men, for whatever, in, in whatever capacity, to know it for ourselves and in our own hearts and souls first, or that collectively, as much as collective energy can be a really empowering thing, that um, we have to know it individually. We have to know our worth. We have to know our power individually. You know? So I think right. it all works hand in hand. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's both. Yeah. But, but I think it'd be great for... Like, I think there's something called Emily's List, and it's a website where they're helping women get on the ballot and and get elected, or at least run for office. And it's like, I just think it'd be good to not only for us to embrace our own internal power, but talk about these issues in an outward, general way. Like, no, women need more power in the world, because they have an effect on the world that a lot of men may be threatened by, but they still need the opportunity. 
that's also now, you know, I could get into back into the woo of things, but on a larger scale. So I also just wanted to say while we're thinking, or you know, while I'm thinking about it, um, that uh, we wanted to give a special shout out of, of gratitude and prayer to Louise Hay and her whole Hay House family um, in honor of her passing last week. It happened two years to the day um, that Wayne Dyer passed away, which a lot of people find to be very poetic. But what a pioneer in the place in, in terms of women, health, spirituality, personal growth, and a lot of the people that her company has supported, including myself. You know, I've, I had the honor of doing inter, uh, radio interviews for them a few years ago. Um, Thanks, Louise. Yeah, so really um, blessings to her and all who loved her um, and were touched by her. A lot of her authors, like the Greg Bradens of the world, is one coming to mind, talk a lot about how the future of our planet is really in the hands of um, female energy, getting back to heart energy and not brain energy. Female ener heart energy having more of a connection uh, with, with female energy and, and women's energy um, versus sort of the limbic kind of lower vibration brain, dinosaur brain that seems to be dictating a lot of what's going on in our world right now. So um, to your point, again, though, I think that we all have to do it individually first. We have to fill up our own cups. We've got to put ourselves at full price, no sales rack. And I think then collectively that has better odds of doing, you know, getting the job done, right? And just sort of living in a more abundant place for us collectively. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's time. It's time for a lot of changes to happen. And I think part of it is getting just a lot more feminine energy involved in the world. I think the whole world could use it. So I'm excited to take whatever actions I can and continue activism. I think one of the things that a lot of us woke up to is we need to take control of not only our own lives, but any actions we can take to affect other people's lives. So it's, a, it's actually it's a good thing. So we're getting to the end of the show. As far as takeaways, you know, I just want to remind everybody to breathe. That's always a good idea. Yeah. Take a breath, exhale. Remember that you are a kick-ass rock star, <laughs> and you deserve the best. And Rob can't say it, but I can. And you are the hero, which is another thing we don't do. We haven't given a shout-out to his album, which is lives on um, iTunes. You are the hero, Rob K, K-A-Y-E. For those of um, you that still don't know, Rob has an E at the end of his name. Um, and it's a beautiful album that really gives you a sense of peace and sort of self-empowerment and um and it's it's a really good listen well and thank you so much for the shout out and i just want to tell people i came up with the name for the album you are the hero because the title track the opening line is you are the hero you've been waiting for and so it's all about sort of being the person that we're waiting for to save us or take care of us and start taking care of ourselves. and that way you know we're a better person for everybody else so let's see, we've got probably just another minute before we wrap it up. So in terms of concrete takeaways for people to maybe get in touch with what it is that makes you feel like you're not feeling like you're um, your most worthy self in all facets of your life, right? Mm -hmm. To try to dig deep, to try to um, maybe even if you can't find those answers, at least to cut losses, you know, and stay away from situations and people that are not filling you up. And to remember what we deserve and to trust and have the faith instead of the fear that we all really are meant to live in a place of abundance. Right. 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 And also just to allow yourself, whatever it is, allow yourself, let your imagination have the allowance to think of new things and, 
and to try different things and, and just experience different things and experience a whole new world. So with that, this is the end of another episode of The Rob and Callie Show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care, y'all. We are back, and we will see you soon. Happy September. Happy September. We are back and better than ever. Take care. (laughs)